Welcome back to the Charlotte Angel Connection, the Charlotte area podcast linking entrepreneurs, investors, and the broader Charlotte community. As you know, our goal here is to interview the individuals who are building, shaping, and influencing entrepreneurship in the Charlotte region so you can stay invested in Charlotte's growth. Today, we're fortunate to have Scott Pope uh, join us on the podcast today. Scott is founder of Insco Ventures and also of the NC Health Innovators. And as a result, um, he is in the process of trying to bring a healthcare entrepreneurship mentality to Charlotte. And not so much in the traditional sense that we might think of as far as pharmaceuticals or medical devices or cures or anything of that sense. Um, More along the business of medicine. Um, He points towards Atrium being one of the largest hospital systems. Um, Premier, uh, the company that went public here a couple of years ago, and some other successes that we have in this area along that path as the as the way forward for Charlotte in this space. So he's been pushing it publicly for probably the last six or eight months. I've met with Scott on several different occasions and thought it'd be an interesting opportunity to bring him onto the podcast. So today in this podcast, what I really wanted to figure out were a couple different key things. I wanted to kind of find out what Inscope Ventures is, what healthcare NC Health Innovators is. Um, I wanted to kind of get his sense on how does Charlotte compete as a as a hub for healthcare entrepreneurship when we don't have a hospital, we don't have a research institute, we don't have any of those things that have been heart building in the past. Um, I wanted to get a sense to I me. Mean, Amazon obviously is the big elephant in the room with anything. Is he scared of Amazon making a push into healthcare? Um, we, as a result, we talk a little bit about the checklist, the book, um, and Atul Gawande uh, becoming the CEO of the the initiative between Jamie Dimon, Warren Buffett, and um, and Jeff Bezos. Um, I wanted to get kind of a sense of whether or not there's a model city that he can follow. Um, I wanted to see what efforts he thought he needed from the city. In other words, what type of support could he get? Um, Speaking of support, we kind of dive back into that familiar one of of how much support is he getting from his wife and how much did he have to really push on her to, to get her to accept this. And a boatload of other things. A nice round conversation here, again, following the new format where it's not all the upfront piece, but we do get some of who Scott is, why is he the person to kind of push this mission. mission. But we also get a lot of, you know, the underlying aspect of, of what he's doing and how he's doing it and stuff like that. It's a nice, entertaining show. Certainly hope you listen to it. Continue next week with Scott for part two. So please stick around next week for another edition of the Charlotte Angel Connection. So Scott, welcome to the podcast today. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. Ah, uh, that wasn't sarcastic enough. Um, after our lunch a couple weeks ago, gosh, I guess it's probably been six weeks or so now. I've been pretty excited about this opportunity to kind of sit down, explore, and and, and educate the rest of Charlotte about what's going on in the healthcare space here. So. Um, let's kind of get started, you yeah, say? Yeah, let's do it. And uh, thank you for buying lunch a couple weeks ago. I, I owe you one. Uh, thanks for remembering. I'd already forgotten. I would have assumed you bought. So, um, Scott, one of the easiest places where I'd like to get started in, in this is just can you give us a background on your current company, your current venture, Inscope Ventures? 
Um, keep it, you know, keep it in that two to three minute range. We don't need the hour and a half version that, that you tell everybody else about. That's right. It's a good thing you're sitting down right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So in, Inscope Ventures is actually a, a culmination of a lifetime's worth of work for me. Uh, really launched Inscope Ventures in December of last year, uh, designed around helping earlier stage healthcare companies grow their revenue. And that happens in a number of different ways from improving access to uh, the right channel of potential customers, uh, to changing the way that you communicate about what your brand is and the way that your, your solution helps pe other people in the market. Um, and even you know, going as far as connecting people to partners for potential exits, growth, or other acquisition types of deals. So really focused here more locally in, in the Charlotte market and in the Western North Carolina region, but we help companies uh, all over the US as it stands right now. So, kind of a healthcare-focused um, venture here in Charlotte. Uh, I don't know if you've looked around in Charlotte here recently, but we don't have a medical school. Um, we don't have a big research institute that kind of supports it. So, um, what is? How does that look? How does that work? Right? Yeah, it's a it's a great question. I think it, at the end of the day, it's really easy to identify you know, all the potential barriers that are existing here for a really good uh, healthcare entrepreneurial ecosystem in Charlotte. And you tapped in on, on one of them in particular, so we don't have a medical school. We had a conference. That's been written about once or twice, hasn't it? <laughs> Maybe once or twice. Yeah. There might have been some conversations about that here uh, locally. But the yeah, it depends on what kind of entrepreneurship you're really looking to, to drive in the area. And the to dictate the necessity for that medical school to, to be part of that ecosystem. So we had a, a, a conference a couple weeks ago, back on June 7th, Ortho Carolina was kind enough to host it for us. And we had uh, 45 people raise their hand to be part of that uh, event and part of that ecosystem and say, you know, we're, we're here for healthcare innovation in, in Charlotte. Uh, they identified at the very beginning a, a number of different barriers that exist to a strong entrepreneurial Healthcare entrepreneurial ecosystem in Charlotte, lack of medical school was one, lack of diversity, lack of access to, to quick capital. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Who said there's no capital in Charlotte? Yes, yeah. I know, right? So, and that was the things that our, our group had identified. But what we were able to showcase during that event is we had a, a small handful of four companies who, in, in the face of all of those barriers, all those you know absence of good resources, are actually making a really good run at it and, and doing... Uh, doing quite well and, and getting out of the gate. We've got companies who are, um, you know, as it relates to that absence of a medical school, there's a lot of companies here in Charlotte that are really focused on innovating the business of healthcare. Right? We're not necessarily going to be a hub for pharmaceutical innovation. We may not be a hub for uh, medical device innovation. Not that we're not going to have you know, small pockets of those organizations that, that exist. Um, but I think when you look at the DNA of what we have here in Charlotte and combine it with the, the healthcare DNA that we have. You know, from a healthcare DNA, you've got some of the very obvious players right in front of you. I mentioned Ortho Carolina already, you know, a destination for orthopedic care. You've got Atrium Health is one of the largest uh, not-for-profit healthcare systems in the entire country right now. Novant is a, is a growing organization. Uh, I think they're up to 12 or 13 hospitals okay. uh, up and down the corridor of 7785 over in Eastern Carolina as well. Um, and you've got Premier, uh, who's down in, headquartered down in Ballantyne. They do business with, I think, 4,000 of the 5,500 hospitals that exist in, in the country today. Wow. Um, so you're, you know, 70% of the hospitals. And those, 
those are the real anchor tenets as it relates to healthcare. And then you look at the you know, the other aspects of our DNA in town, and you can see that the banking and, and energy are huge, huge hubs with Duke and uh, Bank of America and Wells Fargo. What you and I have talked about before, and you know, just kind of retell the story, when you look at the, the business of healthcare issues that exist today, if you and I were to, to jump on a plane and go to Singapore, and I were to repay you for that lunch. You need to buy my plane ticket too. I, you know what? You're on your you're on your own for the plane ticket. I got the. You got the bill. I got the pad top. Okay. Um, when we get over there, the um, the uh, when I pay, they'll absolutely recognize my credit card in Singapore. Yeah. Right. All the way around the globe. But if you and I took a trip to Columbus, Ohio, for example, and I happen to break my collarbone, they're not going to have any medical records for me on record. Um, you know, in Columbus, Ohio. So there's some real problems as it relates to the business of healthcare. And we've actually got some companies here in Charlotte that are starting to, to attack and try to solve some of those problems. It's a very natural fit, despite all the, you know, the absence of a medical school, is not necessarily a requirement to be uh, an ecosystem of healthcare innovation. The business of healthcare, though, do you get scared at all about, I mean, Amazon? Uh, purchased a pharmaceutical company yesterday for a billion dollars. It's funny they stole it from Walmart. I mean, who would have thought Walmart and Amazon are in a boxing ring together, right? Um, but do you get scared about, you know, Amazon and, I mean, Warren Buffett and Bezos and um, Jamin Diamond's company kind of stepping in? Is that is that fearful or is that more uh, fuel on the fire that this is an area that's really got to be tackled and it's going to be tackled in a lot of different ways? I think it's a great question. One of the things that you'll come to learn about me, I come with an abundance mentality. I think there's plenty of opportunity for lots of people to win. And you know, they've made, I think, a, a spectacular decision to put Atul Gawande uh, in as the CEO of that, that organization that they've uh, stood up. I love his book, Checklist. I think I've read it five times. He's, so. he's such an amazing person. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, and excited to see where those guys go. I, I think there's plenty of opportunity for innovation and improvement in healthcare. Um, and that that business of healthcare, you think Amazon's going to be right in that um, in that line of fire. And the, from my perspective, one of the biggest things those organizations could do that would really drive innovation in that business of healthcare, they're all self-insured employers. Yeah. With you know lots, I don't, I'm not going to throw out a number there for how many employees they have collectively, but uh, yeah, that's a, a really solid guess. Uh, and you know, for them to say, here's how we're going to innovate is you know just around our our self-insured employer. And I think those guys are, you know, to your point, really going to innovate in that business of healthcare. But I think there's plenty of opportunity for them to to do some big things, but there's plenty of opportunities for smaller, more innovative companies to get into niches and, and grow that space too. You're starting something essentially from the ground floor um, in a market, Charlotte, that's kind of maybe in the, maybe they're on the second floor of the whole startup environment, right? Um, how difficult is that? Uh, I think that's a pretty wide open question. Really. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm aware. Yeah, there, there's a reason that uh, I, I enjoy a good bourbon every now and then. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, it takes some, some decompression. Does that mean in the morning and in the afternoon? <laughs> try yeah. to keep it after you know, five o'clock somewhere type of hour. But 
You're right. I think when you look at the entrepreneur space here in, in, well, when you think of entrepreneurship in general across this country, Charlotte's not the first name that comes to mind. Typically not. Typically not the first name. Um, but if you look at us as a, even a secondary market, I think there's, uh, there's, there's plenty of grassroots effort going on here, and there's plenty of people who are, are making a run at um, entrepreneurship in Charlotte. From my perspective, I see those anchor tenants and I see the individual companies that are uh, working out there on their own. And what I've had, you know, just even over the last six months, which has been a very personal journey for me, working with a lot of these earlier stage companies and, and helping them get exposure and access to people within within the community. There's Because there's as much as there's enough anchor tenants and ongoing activities, there's not that real sense of camaraderie and connectedness and, um, you know, the... the the raw raw system bot type stuff that we're we're at this together and um, we're trying to go. So that's that's part of what I'm bringing to this battle is raising that flag for Charlotte and saying, hey, we we deserve a, a reputation for innovating the business of healthcare. And if we start behaving a little bit differently as a group, we can we can earn that on our own. Yeah. I don't want that movement to be Scott Pope's. And in fact, if it is Scott Pope's, it will fail miserably. Uh, not because I'm not working hard, but if I'm the only one that owns that, um, it, it's it's not going to go. Okay. So when we you know launched our event on June seventh, one of the things that I I opened up with my group is I want everyone in that room to feel like they're part ownership of this ecosystem and of this movement that we're putting together as a group. So you know you talk about it being difficult to start you know an entrepreneurial movement in a called a second tier entrepreneurial market. It takes it takes a, a village to make that happen, and that's really what I'm I'm trying to create is that proverbial rising tide raises all ships. And we we did our event on June seventh. We've got another one coming up on July seventeenth. Um, we've got even some of our our larger organizations here in Charlotte. Inventus uh, is going to host that event on yep. the seventeenth. We've had Bank of America raise the flag and say they want to host an event with us. Wow. Um, Premier wants to host an event. So the just from kind of planting that seed and charging into a dark room, knowing that people will eventually follow is hoping people will eventually. I know, follow. I yeah. know they will eventually follow. I, I, and if they don't, then I tried, yeah. I tried really hard. But you know, even coming out of that event, we had great, um, great energy, great excitement, and um, you know, one of the the big things for me when I was looking to even start that event. Man, how do you how do you host an event where you got 45 people and four entrepreneurs and, and really make it a success? And I, I partnered with a group out of Florida, um, Med Speaks, that has a platform called Health Innovators. Yeah. Um, so the the North Carolina Health Innovators is now a group that is uh, free on Meetup for people to join. Okay. Uh, and get involved in a lot of those different activities and, and would love folks who are listening in here to to sign up and be part of that ecosystem and come rise that tide with us. So that's how people can kind of initially um, follow the events that you're doing is just hop on uh, Meetup and look at Health Innovators? Yeah, NC. so NC Health Innovators. Okay. Right? And you can even go to uh, google.com as a search engine, and you can just is type it? in NC Health Innovators, and we're, uh, we're at the top of the list. Okay, so awesome. What, um, how... So you're trying to bring bring the players together. Are you? Um, the, I guess the only thing that I have to go to in this marketplace that has done something similar 
is, you know, obviously we're right here in Packer Place. We're downstairs. QC FinTech is operating out of here. Dan's been running that in some way, form, or fashion since 2012. Um, are you going to build, and is it building an accelerator kind of like QC FinTech for healthcare, or um, is it more consultative type work that you're going to do with the companies? How, what's your first step or first vision at this stage in the ballgame, Scott? So Dan has been, I think to your point, very successful at creating some of those engines and other verticals. Uh, in the fintech space, in the jewels and energy space, you know, we've had, um, Charlotte's got some success stories in those domains, but we're really lacking some of that in healthcare. I don't have all the answers to the question of, you know, how we really make this a success. Yeah. But I'm not letting that stop me from charging forward. Yeah. Uh, Dan has uh, been an important part of this movement with me in helping to rally the community and the network. He's, he's done that before. He's uh, interested in doing it again and um, is, is a great asset to the city as it relates to driving that entrepreneurial spirit, making it a success. From my personal perspective, um, you know, I don't have a, an office space that I'm trying to promote uh, yep. this. I don't have an accelerator that I'm trying to promote. I don't have an incubator that I'm trying to promote. I think there's potential or even a, a fund for that matter that I'm trying to, to promote or get companies into. Um, I think there's opportunities for all of those different things to exist. And there's really important people here in Charlotte that you know, I'm, I'm eager to help them uh, stand those things up and create those if the, if the ecosystem starts to clamor for them and, and need them. But I'm, I don't have 100% clarity that that's what Charlotte needs right now uh, to move forward. If we do identify that that's something we do need, if we do need a fund, if we do need, you know, a dedicated office space, we do need accelerators, incubators, uh, I'll be the first one to say, let's go. Let's go. And how, how can I help be part of that? Um, yeah, but, but for me, I, I've got a, a passion about working with these early stage companies and, and helping them succeed. And it's something I think in the, at the end of the day is really good for Charlotte as well. So no goal initially to set up an accelerator program, although it might come. No goal initially to set up a venture fund, though it might come. You're in the process of talking to the players in Charlotte, the companies in Charlotte, bringing them together um, having conversations and seeing what's needed and how those needs can be filled within the community. That's perfect. Okay. Yeah, I didn't even need to be here. You could have just said all that. Man, so um, once, one time, right? Um, so is there, a, is there another city out there that has done something similar in the healthcare space that you're trying to do um, where they don't have the research um, university or they don't have X or they don't have Y? Is there a model that you can go to to kind of copycat that a little bit, Scott, or are you, are you blazing a new trail here? There's a, there's a couple of answers to that, right? So when you look at cities that do have reputations for being healthcare innovation hubs, you look at, at Nashville. Uh, it's one of the first ones that bubbles up. And, and the way that Nashville, Nashville's got a very long story, you know, 50, 60 years worth of history of becoming that healthcare innovation hub. Most of it really begins with HCA. Um, HGA started and was a privately held company. They went public. Um, a bunch of their executives did exceptionally well and, and stayed in Nashville and created new companies, uh, new startup companies that also did exceptionally well. And many of them sold back to HCA and it just started a perpetual cycle and uh, Nashville's done, done great things. I think Houston is a, another market that has done 
great things around more of an accelerator model, uh, an incubator model. Um, we actually have some folks here in Charlotte who help uh, spearhead some of that movement uh, that has been uh, successful in Houston. But, you know, when you, I looked at Charlotte, um, my, my colleague, Kelly Murray, who runs MedSpeaks in Florida, she's been trying to cultivate this, smart, this tight sense of community in Florida for the last three years. Okay. Uh, and she's hosted, uh, like the event I talked about we did on June 7th, she's hosted 40 plus events wow. of that same type of nature. We called it, or that one was a particular a CEO roundtable. And she's really rallied a lot of that support. Uh, she's got support of the Florida Hospital Association. She's got uh, an article in the Orlando Medical News that she, uh, uh, she writes every month, every quarter. I'm not actually sure what the cadence on that is, but, um, you know, Kelly was was pivotal to me being able to stand up some of this movement and and really get some of that that model in place because the the model that we have with that that is now the NC Health Innovators is really threefold. One is to start to build that sense of community and that sense of camaraderie, and you know that's the event on July 17th. That's really getting people to raise their hand and volunteer and say, and I I feel like I'm part of this ecosystem or I want to be part of this ecosystem whether you're a company, whether you're an individual, whatever that may be, an independent consultant, uh, we want, you have to take kind of, take roll call and get people to feel they're part of that. That's our, you know, our meetup page is to help uh, align those folks. The second then is identifying the companies and the players that really need resources. And this is where I, you know, start to make bets on who I think these companies are that are the shining stars in the, in the community that aren't necessarily um, just shining stars for, for that sake, but they're shining stars that align with the DNA of the ecosystem yep. that can really be that, man, I, I want to put you up on stage in front of everybody I possibly can so that you can be part of that calling card that is our, our local reputation. So it's identifying those, so build, identify, and then engage. And as you identify those companies, engaging them really means helping them get the resources they need to be successful. That may be access to capital, it may be access to employees, it may be access to customers, they may need you know, access to marketing support, uh, go-to-market strategy support, it may be even basic things as office space, yeah. right? And how do you help them get access to those resources? And a lot of this for me, in, in full transparency, is a labor of love. There's a lot of help and time that I give away to a lot of these companies as I mentioned, I don't have a, an office space play. Yeah. But if that's what one of my companies that I identify needs, I'm going to help them do that. Yeah. Um, I've helped companies here in Charlotte get connected with other companies that are doing, both of them are doing work in, in Africa, one in Tanzania, one in Uganda. Yeah. The companies here are eight miles away from each other, didn't know the other existed. Yeah. Right. And, and so helping to, with that engagement is the other part of our, our model to really help stand up these, these ecosystems and communities for success. You mentioned it very own, very early on in this conversation that your life's work has kind of led you up to this point. Um, what you're doing is, um, it's, it's a big vision. So who are you to stand up and lead that, right? What's your background that, that brings you to this point? It's nice of you to phrase the question that way. I think the first time you asked, you said, who the hell are you to... To think that you can make this this movement happen. That's I believe that's right. I might even have thrown out a different word than hell, but yeah. It might have been another expletive in yeah, there. Yeah, but yeah um, I appreciate you making it PG for for the recording here. Um, 
I have spent the first decade of my career as a clinician. Uh, I went to pharmacy school at Ohio Northern University, got a minor in business. I was initially going to actually apply to business school at Ohio Northern, and the dean of the business college told me I should try pharmacy because my grades were really good. He said, if you don't like pharmacy, come back here, I'll graduate on time. It was Terry Maris. Um, I've had the chance to thank him a couple different times since then. Some of these smart people don't go in business. <laughs> well, his point was, he goes, come back and I'll graduate you on time. If you start in business and want to go to pharmacy, you're out of luck, man. Yeah, that's funny. And, uh, you know, of course, I, you know, three, month, three years into school, I was getting blocked out of electives. So I went into his office and said, hey, I need in your microeconomics class. And he leaned around the corner of his admin and said, get Mr. Pope the paperwork to declare a minor in business. And, uh, he got me, he got me in. So... Yeah, I've I've got entrepreneurship in my in my DNA, but I spent the first ten years of my career practicing hospital pharmacy, okay. um, and you know caring for patients and being a clinician and all of the the wonderful things that go along with with helping patients and people at that level, and then I spent the last you know decade plus of my career really on the business side of healthcare. I worked for Premier down in Ballantyne, we, we've already discussed. I was with them for almost almost 10 years okay. in a variety of different capacities from uh, product management to new business developments uh, to marketing to monetizing intellectual property and uh, creating new deliverables. Premier is a, a great organization and was, and was great for my career, but there, there aren't many people, to, to your point, who, who am I, who have had the, the luxury that I have of having a very successful clinical career and a very successful business career and having the entrepreneurial spirit that I do, to be able to bring all three of those things to bear is, uh, I really look, I, I don't know that there's anyone better uh, to be able to make this movement. And with the abundance mentality that I bring, that is an absolute necessity yeah. to, to being successful here. And you know, when, when I looked at, at my Inscope Ventures business, for example, there, there are a number of companies here locally and in, independent consultants locally who would compete for that same kind of go-to-market strategy work that I do, open arms, I invited them to that event on June 7th, right? I, I might not be the right fit for every one of these companies. Maybe one of those other consultants would be. And yeah. I, it's important to bring everybody to the table in that regard. And um, it's easy to say that, but I'm, I'm trying my hardest to live it as well. Yeah. So that's interesting. Um, good for you for inviting them along with you, right? That's a, um, a huge testament to who you are. Um, another testament to who you are, another aspect of who you are is your wife. Um, she's been fairly supportive of you along the way. How much convincing did it take for her to come along on this aspect of the ride, right? This fork in the road. My wife is, uh, is an absolutely amazing woman. Yeah. Um, we will be married, uh, 16 years this August and, uh, very fortunate every day, um, to get to spend my life with her. She... I'll tell you a fun story that'll give you an idea of, of the faith she has in me on, on many different levels. So when we first got married in um, 2002, we, we bought a house up on um, Stony Creek Golf Course yep. up near Greensboro. And uh, we, uh, I got to play quite a bit because we were right there on the golf course. Mm -hmm. And I told her, you know, honey, I, I got my scores down to where I'm in, shooting in the low 40s for, you know, for nine holes. And her comment to me was, you know, if you think you can make it on the PGA Tour – you can take a couple years off, you know, because she was working retail pharmacy at the yeah. time for Kmart. And she goes, I make enough money for us to, to get by. If you if you think you make the tour, go do it. And, man, if I – any other guy, right, yeah. would have probably said, 
I'm off. I'm off. I'm off. I'm going to go chase this down. But knowing full well, there's no (laughs) no possible way that I'm going to get my scores that low. Um, but she, you know, she had that faith and commitment to, to let me do that. So when I came to her with this idea that is much more in my wheelhouse and something I'm imminently more capable of, she's exceedingly supportive of the direction I'm going and why I'm going there. And, um, we're, we have two young daughters, Sophie and Ava that are nine and six right now. And, uh, she has the, she's a tremendous mother, a tremendous wife and, that support system she brings, I couldn't do it without her. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's a fun story. So um, that's, a, that's a great story. So um, get your get your tour card after this one, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's that, right. Maybe, Senior tour is next. Yeah. Maybe, was it, uh, it's not Glavitt. Who's the, is it Smoltz? Who's the, yes. uh, he shot 15 over yesterday on the senior tour. So rather than going for your, your PGA tour card, go for your senior, senior PGA. Tour yeah, card. Go That's for, right. Exactly. That's right. I'm trying to get my daughters more involved in golf so that I can look at my wife and say, you know, I'll be gone for six hours, but I'm taking the girls with me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's funny. Um, what do you need from the community right now to make this happen? Fantastic question. I, I need them to feel like this is they have ownership in this with me, um, that Charlotte deserves this reputation for, you know, innovating the business of healthcare. And to, to find a way to be part of that and, and get involved. Um, but how I, do you sell that, right? I mean, for the last three years, Charlotte has been told that they can't um, in the healthcare space. So you've got to sell people to believe in it. Yeah. To a certain extent. I mean, Atrium and Premier, I mean, some of those folks probably have a higher sense, but you need more than two horses pulling the wagon right now. Yeah. Well, in. So I need a couple different things. One, you need some of those companies who are doing the, the earlier stage innovation to step up and, and hit singles and doubles and triples and yeah. hit a home run at the end of the day. Um, and and there's, there's a lot of those companies that are making some of that movement. Um, you, know, you look at the, the digitize AI.ai AI, yeah. um, that is doing just tremendous things and making great waves, getting access to um, you know, amazing customers. They're working with Emory right now. Okay. Um, in innovating some of that uh, prior authorization process that's otherwise very manual. I need Digitize to continue to do well. Uh, ReadyPay is another company that's on the cusp of, of really jumping out and doing really disruptive, innovative work in the vision and dental insurance space. Uh, I need I need ReadyPay to, to continue to do well. Pure Surgery is another company here um, that has amazing potential when you look at the future of where healthcare is going uh, and you've got more consumer-driven purchasing power in healthcare, and I think Pure Surgery is at a, a great place. Uh, Joel Sakao is their, one of their co-founders, and I, I like to say that, I'm not sure if he likes this analogy, but I'd say he's the, the e-harmony for surgeons and patients, yeah. right? He's able to connect those dots between those two and, and bring them together, and uh, the way he's got the ability to help people shop for healthcare and, and get earlier access is, you know, those are those are business of healthcare innovations. I need those companies to do well, and I need the the community at large here to support those those organizations getting access to the resources they need, opening doors to prospective customers, uh, being assets to them on uh, some of their go to market strategy work, etc. Um, and then I need I need individuals just to help raise that flag and uh, and be part of that movement too. So no, that's fantastic. I mean, it's a good point. Um, I mean, the community's got to uh, the community's got to rally behind anything, right? And there's 
two and a half million people here in Charlotte, you think you can find a couple hundred to help you carry that flag initially. So um, good first part of the interview. Thank you. So we're wrapping up here. We're coming up on our kind of end mark. So um, nice first discussion. Let's carry through a little bit more on in part two. Let's continue to discuss a little bit the community, what it can bring to the table, some of these other companies. Let's talk a little bit more about that lack of capital conversation and where that fits and what are some things that can change to help. Um, and um, and then go a little bit more into what in scope looks like in 6, 12, 24, 36 months and stuff like that, right? So um, anyways, again, thanks for carving out some time for us today. Certainly enjoyed having you on the podcast. <laughs> William Bissett is an investment advisor representative with Seacrest Blakey & Associates, a registered investment advisor. Opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect those of Seacrest Blakey & Associates. The topics discussed and opinions given are not intended to address the specific needs of any listener. Seacrest Blakey & Associates does not offer legal or tax advice. Listeners are encouraged to discuss their financial needs with the appropriate professional regarding your individual circumstance. Investments described herein may be speculative and may involve a substantial risk of loss. Interests may be offered only to persons who qualify as accredited investors under the Securities Act and a qualified purchaser as defined in Section 2A, Paragraph 51, Line A, under the Company Act or an eligible employee of the management company. There generally is no public market for the interests. Prospective investors should particularly note that many factors affect performance, including changes in market conditions and interest rates, and other economic, political, or financial developments. Past performance is not and should not be construed as indicative of future results.